Eaglebeak was staring at him, too, but without the same look of penetration, luckily for Ross. By rights, you should be turned over to the new rehabilitation service. Ross froze inside. That was the treatment, icy rumors of which had spread throughout his particular world. For the second time since he had entered the room, his self-confidence was jarred. Then he clung with a degree of hope to the phrasing of that last sentence. Instead, I have been authorized to offer you a choice, Murdoch, one which I shall state, and on the record, I do not in the least approve. Ross's twinge of fear faded. If the judge didn't like it, there must be something in it to the advantage of Ross Murdoch. He'd grab it for sure. There is a government project in need of volunteers. It seems that you have tested out as possible material for this assignment. If you sign for it, the law will consider the time spent on it as part of your sentence. Thus, you may aid the country which you have heretofore disgraced. And if I refuse, I go to this rehabilitation? Is that right, sir? I certainly consider you a fit candidate for rehabilitation. Your record... He shuffled through the papers on his desk. I choose to volunteer for the project, sir. The judge snorted and pushed all the papers into a folder. He spoke to a man waiting in the shadows. Here, then, is your volunteer, Major. Ross bottled in his relief. He was over the first hump. And since his luck had held so far, he might be about to win all the way. The man Judge Rawl called Major moved into the light. At the first glance, Ross, to his hidden annoyance, found himself uneasy. To face up to Eaglebeak was all part of the game. But somehow he sensed one did not play such games with this man. Thank you, Your Honor. We will be on our way at once. This weather is not very promising. Before he realized what was happening, Ross found himself walking meekly to the door. He considered trying to give the Major the slip when they left the building, losing himself in a storm-darkened city but they did not take the elevator downstairs. Instead, they climbed two or three flights up the emergency stairs, and to his humiliation, Ross found himself panting and slowing, while the other man, who must have been a good dozen years his senior, showed no signs of discomfort. They came out into the snow on the roof, and the Major flashed a torch skyward, guiding in a dark shadow which touched down before them. A helicopter! For the first time, Ross began to doubt the wisdom of his choice. On your way, Murdoch. The voice was impersonal enough, but that very impersonality got under one's skin. Bundled into the machine between the silent major and an equally quiet pilot in uniform, Ross was lifted over the city, whose ways he knew as well as he knew the lines on his own palm, into the unknown he was already beginning to regard dubiously. The lighted streets and buildings, their outlines softened by the soft, wet snow, fell out of sight. Now they could mark the outer highways. Ross refused to ask any questions. He could take this silent treatment. He had taken a lot of tougher things in the past. The patches of light disappeared and the country opened up. The plain banked. Ross, with all the familiar landmarks of his world gone, could not have said if they were headed north or south. 
but moments later not even the thick curtain of snowflakes could block out the pattern of red lights on the ground, and the helicopter settled down. Come on. For the second time Ross obeyed. He stood shivering, engulfed in a miniature blizzard. His clothing, protection enough in the city, did little good against the push of the wind. A hand gripped his upper arm, and he was drawn forward to a low building. A door banged, and Ross and his companion came into a region of light and very welcome heat. Sit down, over there. Too bewildered to resent orders, Ross sat. There were other men in the room, one wearing a queer suit of padded clothing, a bulbous headgear hooked over his arm, was reading a paper. The major crossed to speak to him, and after they conferred for a moment, the major beckoned Ross with a crooked finger. Ross trailed the officer into an inner room.